Hello and welcome to the This Is Ibrox podcast. This is our match preview for the upcoming match at Ibrox tomorrow against the Bernian. So yes, the real football is back. Who wants to watch Lionel Messi when you can watch Scott Wright in freezing conditions? Yeah, guys, I know you enjoyed that one. So we've got I've got two guests with me tonight, Craig. First of all, who are you? Uh, very much looking forward to seeing Scott Wright tomorrow night, <laughs> but um, not looking forward to how cold it's going to be. Yeah, I, I, I agree completely, to be honest. Kel, how are you? Uh, yeah, I'm fine. I'm just glad you're mentioning two greats in the same sentence and Scott Wright and Messi, given you know my thoughts and feelings on the on the latter there. Yeah, two great players in a day, definitely. So yeah, <laughs> what, what we'll do tonight is we'll talk about, yeah, we'll, we'll go over the, not completely, but we'll have a few thoughts from the Leverkusen game at the weekend. I'm keen to get your thoughts on that, Craig. I know you've done the, the podding uh, Sunday, Kyle, so... We'll just get Craig's thoughts on what he felt about the team at the weekend, maybe the signs that we've seen at the weekend, what we can maybe uh, speculate going forward. Um, we'll have a wee look at Michael Beale and James Tavernier's press conference comments today. You know, our thoughts on the competitive action returning, what we can expect for, you know, these fixtures coming up. It is a tough run for Rangers. What we'd maybe like to see from Hibs as well. You know, some players that are running out for them, they're missing a few. And yeah, we'll... Go on and talk about our predicted start 11s and the scoreline that we think it will be tomorrow night. And yeah, so anyone, you know, viewing, listening, how we think about your predicted start 11 tomorrow, get that in the chat and we'll have a wee look at it later on. Everyone's always got a different predicted start 11, which is the great thing about that. So we'll have a wee look. And yeah, just before we, we start, just a wee reminder to, to like the video if you can, if you enjoy the content here and uh, yeah, consider subscribing to the channel. So yeah, Craig, we'll start with you because, yep, Kyle got his piece in this at the weekend, so this is your chance to to talk about how good a performance it was at the weekend in that friendly against Leverkusen. You know, how did you how did you feel after that? Um, positive signs for you? Any negatives? Yeah, well, I actually think Kyle's view on Sunday was probably my view that you stole from our chat earlier in the day, um, but I, I did enjoy it. <laughs> I did enjoy it, um, to be fair. We always seem to do quite well in these friendlies, which gives us sometimes a false sense of hope um, as we head into the more competitive stuff. But I, enjoy, I enjoyed how almost instantly you could see the change in approach and you could see the change in tactics. And you could see how the players had bought into it as well. Um, I think in, instantly you saw how compact we were when we were defending, but you also saw the sort of fluidity of the of the movement of that system, of the way Michael Beale wants to play. Um, and... I really, it's just a, a breath of fresh air almost, seeing us play that way. Um, I, I think I'd, I'd said to Kyle that under under Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, you kept thinking, well, he's not changed that much since Steven Gerrard era. He's not really, we were pretty much playing the same way. And then you see the complete contrast between how we were playing against St Mirren versus how we played in that friendly. And yes, it was only a friendly, but you saw the complete contrast and it was uh, it was quite stark. To be honest, and it, it it did give me encouragement going forward. I am I have no idea what takes. I know we're about to preview, but I have no idea what to expect from Rangers tomorrow night. Um, I have no idea what level of performance. I have no idea who will be in the starting lineup, and um, I don't. I hopefully the Hibs don't know either, which will play into our hands a little bit. And I realise me saying I have no idea about any of that is um, really useful for a preview podcast. <laughs> Yeah, I was just thinking that, but we'll, we'll come to Kale. I, th- I think, 
You made a couple of good points there. I think what surprised me around the, the lineup and the, the strategy of the weekend was it did look starkly different from what we've seen under Van Bronckhorst. And I never felt that Van Bronckhorst was really able to put his stamp on this Rangers team. And I think Beal was able to do that within the first 15 minutes of that game at the weekend. Now, I know it's not a competitive game, but you could definitely see the kind of identity that, that, that Beal was going for. You know, things like playing... Ryan Kent a lot more narrow. You could see that he was getting a lot more in the ball. He was influencing things more. Things like that that really stick out for you, which was encouraging to see for me. Kyle, your thoughts on it? I know you've done the pod at the weekend, so you've maybe had your piece on it. But how, how did you feel? You know, you've had a couple of days now to think about it, build up to this game coming. What did you make of it at the weekend? My biggest thing, and maybe I never said this on in, in, in the Sunday podcast, was it, it's really refreshing to see that what we're doing on the training ground is actually transitioning to what we were seeing on the pitch. You know, I've, I mean, I'm like everybody, I'm sure, that's, that's in the comments and all that stuff and it's viewing the video, but I, I consume everything Rangers. If there's a, if there's a video of, of Alfredo Morelos take my dance in my corridor, I'm, I'm going to watch it. So I was watching both the, the training sessions and it's, it was one phrase that all the coaches kept saying, it's, it's closer together. And that's what you could, you could really see. It was all nice, one-touch two-touch stuff, um, there, was, there was fluidity, I really liked how the, the front three, front four were just quite interchangeable, you know, there's an argument with, with Cholak fitting into that system in the first half, I, I want it, the jury's still out in that for me, but there's there's a lot of football to be played um, till the end of the season, so, so we'll see, but it was just it was just refreshing to see exciting football, you know, maybe a brand of football that's, that's slightly familiar to us all under the, under the Gerrard regime, I mean, Bill's talked about it himself. I think we can expect similar-ish football, but with his tweaks, his, his takes on it. I know we, we have, I'm sure we'll come on to him uh, later on in, in the podcast, but I know he alluded to that in his, his press, press conference today. But yeah, it's, it's just you've got to caveat it all with it was a friendly. They are a decent opposition, but they were nowhere near at it. Um, did we play well? Yes, but the, the, the real asset test will be tomorrow. Yeah, you're, bo- you're spot on there. I think a couple of things you spoke about there with the Beal mentioning that he wanted the team to play closer together, kind of on the front foot. That's something he's mentioned again in the press conference today. So it's clearly the terminology he wants to get across and he's clearly trying to put that across to the media and he's, and that's what we should probably expect to see from his team. But of course, you're right. It is early days. It's only a friendly and you could definitely see that Leverkusen were far off it. You could yeah. see that in the first 10 minutes that they did not, that did not look like a team that was up for it at all. That looked like a team that was getting a run out. Um, so yeah, that of course you have to caveat. That. So we'll jump into the, the kind of press conference comments here. There was a lot, there was actually a lot of good stuff from the press conference today, which you think is great, you know, as hosting a podcast, but actually you, it's difficult to get through all of it. So I'll maybe pick things out. We can have a wee discussion on it. I think the main thing I wanted to start with was Michael Beale was asked again about Conor Goldson and Ben Davies. Um, and he said that both trained, um, but Conor's been out for a long time. Neither 100%. Um, he said that there's, he's pleased there's there's five subs now and he can work the guys back into the game um, over time, over these next few fixtures, and can work them back in. He said, really important to have Goldson back. You know, he's led as vice captain, bedrock of the team through the successful periods. And James Tavernier spoke about it as well. You know, he said... Corner is a massive character for the squad in the pitch and around the building, and he's a big voice and leads by example. So, Craig, I'll start with you first. I'm definitely someone that likes to give Connor Goldson a lot of praise, maybe too much sometimes. 
How do you feel about Conor Goldson returning? Like, it is, a, it is definitely ahead of schedule because we've heard that we always heard it was after the World Cup, but most of us expected that, suspected that it would be, you know, around January time. You know, how, how much of a boost is this for Rangers? Yeah, it's a massive boost. I'm right there with you and giving Conor Goldson all the praise under the sun, to be honest. I think, I think his value to the team um, was almost instantly shown as soon as he got injured. Even in the same game he got injured, his value to the team was shown in, in spades. Um, the way that we all pretty much collapsed against Liverpool at Ibrox after he went off was just shows how important that he what he is to the team and continues to be and almost how he can talk almost any defensive partner he has with through a game. Um we've spoken a lot about Leon King and how how difficult a time he's had since Connor Goldson's been out and how he's potentially been forced into games and situations where you wouldn't normally put an eighteen year old in that side of things. But Leon King was playing games before that when Ben Davies was injured and it was actually Connor Goldson was marshalling him through it and you, you saw that and I think you've seen that with other partners as well, guys like Balligan, Hollander, Connor Goldson's the mainstay in there and he's he plays such a pivotal role um in how we play, not only not only with sort of his command of, of the defence and, and where we move, um his ability to cover James Tavernier when he's a bit further up the park, um his ability to Marshall a defence, his ability to have command over the the uh, opposition's main attacker, um, and also his ability to play that um, quick cross-field pass to Ryan Kent time and time again and to land it on the money more often than not. I think I think the value to of Conor Goldson to Rangers was never more stark than in this period that he was that he was out and um I'm really looking forward to him being back. I think if we've got the chance I know um, Michael Beale said we'll try and work them into the team. I think if you get the chance, you start Connor Goldson tomorrow night and we'll, we'll give him forty-five minutes or sixty minutes or as long as as long as we can. Because I think it was um, Gavin, one of the fellow podders, said it's a it's muscle injuries. Both Goldson and Ben Davies have been out with, and if it's a if it's a night that's um, sort of as cold as it has been the last couple of days, then. You don't really want people that have just recovered from muscle injuries coming into a game, um, having sat on the bench for an hour. So, um, so I think absolutely, Connor Goldson for me is is absolutely pivotal to the play. I was really hoping he would be back for the Celtic game on the second of January. I thought he would, I thought I was potentially being a bit optimistic with that, but to to know that he's he's at least back in training, if not available to to play t- tomorrow night against Hibs, it's a, it's a big boost. Yeah, I, t- I totally agree. I think something you've touched upon there is the the organisation that Conor Goldson gives us, and I think that's something that's overlooked. You know, I actually think Conor Goldson's best qualities are off the ball. You know, he's always the most vocal in the team. You can see him organising that back line, and it's no surprise to me that when he went off against Liverpool in that game, it was one all that we absolutely collapsed. And I remember being in the stands that night with, you know, <laughs> my hands in my head. You know, I, I knew that we were going to, we're definitely going to have a dip in form after losing Cora Goldson. So, yeah, I'm with you. I'm absolutely buzzing to see him back. Kyle, how do you feel? You know, we've got a comment here from uh, Paul McGarrigal. He's saying, question to the guys, will Goldson start and play for an hour and then sub? You know, maybe two questions. Do you expect to see Connor Goldson tomorrow night at Ibrooks? And do you think it is a bit of a risk if we do throw him into the game like this? Or, or do you agree with Craig that, Let's just get him some minutes. Let let's get him going again. What do you think? So I'm I'm slightly a bit more cautious than Craig. I I don't think he'll be starting 
Um, to be honest with you, I think we might see a cameo of him. Um, I think it was was it Graham Brown had the comment in there about about starting people in, on the winter pitches. I just don't think it's it's sensible at all, especially was it was it a muscle injury? Can you guys remember if it was a muscle a th- injury? thigh injury? I believe. I, yeah, so I, I think fantastic that he's available for selection. He'll be a guy, he's in and around that squad. I mean, Craig touched on it as well. I mean, we all know he, he, he is, he marshals people just so well. You look at how well he did with Bassey, King. I mean, there's not a player in that that central defensive um, role that I don't think if you pair up with Goldson, they don't become a better player um, just playing alongside him because of his knowledge of the game. And the other thing that that a lot of people seem to forget is that he's a he's a standard setter. His standards are, are exceptionally high. It's it's not a coincidence that we dropped the amount of points <laughs> that we did when he when he wasn't a mainstay in our team. Um I, I, I don't know if I'll be confident with, with King and and, and um uh, Sands as a centre half partnership tomorrow. So so I do understand it. I, I can see us bringing on one or two of them but then like changing your centre half partnership during the middle of a game is, to me, is crazy because uh, that's that. Unless it's an injury, I would I would always keep this the starting centre halves on the pitch. Um, yeah, I don't know. Guys can disagree with me if they want to, um, but uh, or jump in. Yeah, I was going to say I think the the thought of James Sands and Wee Young King starting tomorrow night as centre half is just one that I'm not even willing to entertain. If I'm being honest, I just look at the. Um, you look at how we performed in those last three or four games before the World Cup break. You look at how shaky we were defensively, how stupid the goals were that we were losing. And Hibs aren't a bad side. We know the threat that Hibs, Hibs um, have. Obviously, Martin Boyle was out injured, which um, if Borna Barisic would hear, he'd be, um, he'd be extremely happy. But um, I think we know what Hibs' tactics are going to be. We know they're going to be physical, we know they're going to hit us on the break, we know they're going to have that pace going forward and we need to be able to match up to that physicality and that pace and a, a centre-half partnership of um, James Sands and Leon King, I don't think ha- can handle that particularly well. I've, I'm confident with them when they're on the ball, but when the opposition have the ball, I would be concerned. Me coming back to that, Craig, I would say to you, are you not expecting us to be pressing more and have more of the ball up front under Beal than what we would under Geo. But you're not going to have all the ball, and we know that, and there's it's the times that the opposition didn't need a lot of the ball before the break to score a goal against us, and the worry is that we if we miss chance after chance and then Hibs get, Hibs get the win break, I'm not willing to take that risk, and I, I really would be concerned about it, about it if that's where we started tomorrow night. I'm just trying to get to poke you a bit and get you to slag uh, Leon King again, but that's not going to happen, is it? Well, nice. funnily enough, funnily enough, we, so. <laughs> yeah, we we are going to we are going to move on to to some of the other comments there from the presser. We'll definitely come back to that that centre back discussion because that that is a good one. But we'll move on to the the comments today from Beal around Leon King. I think it broke yesterday that I think it was the the man himself, Fabrizio Romano, breaking the news that Leon King was was close to to signing a new deal for Rangers. Michael Beal came out to say today and said, you know, we'll hear in the next couple of days. Said it's really important for the future and he has a he has the potential to be a very good player for Rangers and Scotland. He also spoke about another senior player signing the deal. Um and he, and he did say that wouldn't be Ryan Kent. Um but we'll we'll come to that eventually, Kyle. Let's I'm gonna ask you about Leon King because uh, Craig's definitely had to say on Leon King on this podcast. How how important do you think it is for Rangers to 
to tie this boy up because you got to remember he is only 18 he, and he's been thrown in the deep end and listen, he's came out the other side of it and you'd like to think he's going to be a better player now. How important is it to get him signed up when there was supposedly Premier League interest? It's super important. I mean, it's that's what the, the club have been banging on about for the last few years. It's all about uh, player trading models and all that stuff. And, and hopefully we are looking at Leon King being the next sort of Nathan Patterson and that and that production line out of Ock and Howie. Um, you know, in, in terms of his performances and stuff like that for Rangers, I mean, don't get me wrong, he's had his moments. He is He's not in the team because he is... Uh, it's necessary that he's in the team because we have nobody else to to play there. So that's how he's kind of found the starts. You know, I think there's an argument possibly that that, I'll, that there's quite a lot of youngsters get their breaks like that. Um, maybe a wee bit lucky through injury or, or somebody not being available. Um, but for for me, he's been in that team. He's, he's not looked massively out of place. And and given the fact that was it Man United and Newcastle, I think have been the two clubs that have been predominantly linked with. Um, you know, trying to get him in, it's, it's good, and and that is where Rangers should be. We we should be a club that, that Newcastle and Man United are looking at us and going, yeah, fancy some of their their young players, and especially now is I think is it next year? Is it January? It comes in that now we've left, or the United Kingdom has left the EU that that they can't that England can now no longer sign under eighteen players from from Europe anymore. So I expect. Celtic and Rangers, to be honest with you, to be getting looked at from, from the English Premiership. Um, I think that's going to be a massive market and and a, and a market that, that, that we should be, Rangers should be exploiting. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think it's just about protecting the asset. I think we have to be realistic in that if Leon King eventually gets to a level where there's there's strong interest in him, he, he will go. He will go. So it's about you know protecting the club, protecting the player. Making sure Rangers get money back for the for the talent. So absolutely, it's we can all have our opinion on maybe how he's done so far, but of course this is just about yeah protecting the club and ensuring that any interest there's there's going to be a big fee that comes with that. Craig, you know I'm curious about your opinion as well. Do you think it's important for Leon King to sign that deal? And I'm going to give you the question: Who is the senior player? Who could it be? Let's start speculating. If just for starters, Ross, it's nice for you to be curious about my opinion. I mean, it's on a podcast, it's fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Leon King, I think, fair enough. I, I've I've felt he was. Um, I think he struggled in the first team so far this season. I, I think there's. Um, I'll give him a pass for the Champions League games, but even games against Livingston, St Johnston, St Mirren, I think there's many examples where he's he struggled in those kind of games. Um, but I think if Obviously, I'm not. I'm not a scout, or I'm not. A, I'm not picking the the sort of youth players at Rangers for a reason, and I do understand that. Although I, I do accept the abuse I get for for thinking about that way about Leon King as well, and I do understand the promising nature of it, and I understand the fact that if the interest is true from Manchester United, Newcastle, etc., then you do want to tie him down because effectively he's a sellable asset in a year, eighteen months potentially. Um, if not a bit longer. Um, so in that case, I understand why Leon King's been off the new contract. I don't, I don't think we'll see much of him for the rest of the season. Um, I think he'll um, he'll be a sort of back up on the bench for for a, the vast majority of the games. He'll get to spend some more time around the. Um... <laughs> Sorry, I just got yeah. distracted by one of the comments there uh, from Scott Mitchell. Um, 
I think uh, he'll be on the bench for much of the game. He'll be around guys like Goldson and Ben Davies and learning from them. And hopefully that continues to bring him on. And I imagine he'll play early rounds of the Scottish Cup um, and a little bit more. Um, in terms of the senior player that with a contract extension, it's not Ryan Kent. I saw some suggestions that might be John Wundstrom. Um, I think he's contracted to summer 2024, if I remember correctly. Ryan Jack's another one. Paul McGarrigo there saying Ryan Jack. It's another one. I really hope it's not Alan McGregor, Stephen Davis, or Scott Arfield. Now, um, I think I think if it's one of them, I will be extremely disappointed, and I will I will already be asking questions about where this squad is going to be built and the way it's going to be built. So, um, Ryan Jack is potentially, although I do still, although we always have questions over how injury prone he is and how much we get out of him. Um, and whether he, I think in a few games this season, he's actually looked a bit off the pace even when he's been fit, um, which has been a concern, obviously, a player that's um, over the age of 30 now. So you start to wonder if we have we had the best of Ryan Jack now. Um, so I'd, Ryan Jack or John Lundstrom would be would be my thoughts, um, although I'm not entirely sure when Yanis Hadji's contract's up either. So I don't know if he might be one that was they're having to think about. What about yourself, Kyle? Who do you think? If you're looking at it absolutely brutally, has Ryan Jack done enough for me in the last couple of seasons for a contract extension? And and um, Ryan Jack is like mass Scott Wright to you, Ross. Um, absolutely love and adore the guy. I think he's a fantastic player, but I'm I'm not convinced that, that he's done enough to get a contract extension. I think he's maybe had a, a few good games in there. And as Craig said, he, he's not fit enough. Uh, or most of the time he's not fit enough or he's, he's injured. So that would be my opinion on Jack. Um, in terms of Lundstrom, I, I, I think it could possibly be Lundstrom. But again, you know, I'll, I'll reference Sunday's pod. We discussed the sort of winners and losers in this Beal system. And, and I think that uh, Lundstrom is potentially in that sort of losers within the system. I, I, he struggled under Gerard. He had a, he had a, he had a rotten six months um, before Gerard left. Um, but honestly, I, I, I'm not sure. I, as Craig says, it, as long as it's not McGregor, Davis or Arfield, and even that's tough to say, um, I'll be happy. But I thought that um, that Michael Beal handled that press conference really well today and just, just chucking that out. It's got us all everybody's attention and who who's the, who's this player that we're going to sign um, or not sign, uh, extend our contract for. But I uh, just, I'm not, honestly, I'm, I'm not sure is the honest answer. I, I think you're both right. I think it's either Ryan Jack or John Lundstrom, to be honest with you. And I I actually would, I, I would personally sign Ryan Jack. I know that he's had uh, injury issues, but we always hear how important he is uh, in the background. And it's probably the players you want to try and keep hold of for as long as possible. And when Ryan Jack is on the park, he is good. You know, he is a good player for us. I know that isn't often enough at the moment. Um, you'd like to think they can eventually get to the bottom of these injury issues. So I, I would probably sign him. I'm pretty certain it will not be the Al McGregor, Scarfield, Steve Davis, because it goes against what Ross Wilson spoke about um, at the AGM, I think, a couple of weeks ago when he was talking about they have one-year deals and that's how we review it. So I think they'll be reviewed at the end of the season again. So I think you're both right. I think it could either be be John Lundstrom or Ryan Jack, but listen, they could throw a curveball. You're never going to know, but you're right. He's definitely got to speculating about all of it, and it's probably intended to be fair to get people talking. <laughs> I, think, um, so, I think Ryan Jack Ross, sorry, I think 
it falls into one of the points I think it was John Bennett made, or was it Ross Wilson, um, about the fact he's Scottish. Um, yeah. And I think that will play a factor in if Ryan Jack gets a, a new contract as well, because he's he's a senior player who meets that sort of homegrown criteria that we need to meet for, for European games. And that's that's an asset that we can that we can have without either taking a risk on a, a younger player who's potentially not experienced or spending millions um, on a on a player from another club in Scotland. So I think that's playing in Ryan Jack's favour and may, may be a reason why he can just about warrant a new deal. Yeah, well, I can see here that um, Graham Brown says that we need to use the young talent going forward. Um, I totally agree. I think any well-balanced squad has got a mixture of youth and a mixture of experienced players. So if, as long as you don't have too much of one or the other, then I think you're fine. Um, AG thinks that it's a McGregor two-year extension. I don't know if that's a bit tongue-in-cheek there from AG, but <laughs> yeah, that that's good. Um, what we'll do is we'll move on to one of the other questions that, that we all got today because it's, it's quite an interesting one. Uh, someone asked, you know, can the fans expect to see a completely different team than the one they've been watching this season? Michael Beale came back and said, you know, expect the team to be close in style to, to when he was there under Gerrard, close together, front foot. We spoke about that earlier. He mentioned, which I thought was quite an interesting comment, saying freeing one or two players up. You know, he wanted to see certain guys with a wee bit of renewed energy. And he went on to speak about, you know, Malik Tillman, Brian Kent, Alex Lowry as well, which... You can definitely tell that Michael Beale rates Alex Rowley pretty highly because he spoke about him quite a few times now, and he said he, you know, he's ready for first team football. Craig, I'll start with you on this one. How how crucial are these creative players going to be going forward for Rangers domestically? Because it's definitely something we've lacked a lot of this season. With you know, for one reason or other, Lowry's been injured, not been able to break in. Malik Tillman's been a wee bit inconsistent in and out, and Ryan Kent, in my opinion, has been played in a system that just does not suit him in any way at all. You know, how important are these guys going to be going forward for Beal to get his style across? Yeah, they're going to be huge and they're so important in games like we'll see tomorrow night at Ibrox or anytime you go to Ibrox and, and see a game uh, too often in recent ones we've been really rigid. We get to the edge of the 18-yard box and then we're like, right, what do we do now? And then we go from side to side, put a cross in, no one there side to side again, get to 18-yard box. No one's willing to take a shot from outside the box. I think we've really we've really missed um, an on-form Ryan Kent. We've missed Malik Tillman being in a sort of position where he can he can run beyond the striker or he can he can impact um, the game alongside Cholak. We've missed Tom Lawrence since he's been out. Um, we've missed Yanis Hadji. We've missed Alex Lowry. These are the kind of players we need to get more into the game and we 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 had a set I think we had a fairly set defensive and midfield structure under Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. The problem was that the attacking players were set into a structure as well and that made us a lot less off the cuff and a lot less going by the strengths that these players have um, going forward and um it really limited the number of chances we were able to create, especially against sort of low block defences. Um so I am hoping after what we've seen in the Leverkusen game that there is a bit more creativity and there is a bit more licensed to, to do what they feel is right when they're on the pitch rather than following a right across effectively across the pitch, back across the pitch, keep possession at all costs and, and don't take don't take any major risk. Now I don't know how much of that was actually down to the confidence of the players themselves on the pitch and they were potentially scared to make a mistake or there wasn't the pass on or whatever so they just played the safe one. So that potentially comes into it as well. But I'm hoping that the the shackles are off a little bit because we see 
we see how the team across the other side of the city play and um we see how um how free flowing and attacking they can be at times and i guess we as we need to take some of that blueprint and and how you and that's how you beat the the other teams in the league as such um, outside of celtic and um as we need to start from tomorrow night against hibs and i, I don't think there's any there's no room for either at all going forward um especially not tomorrow night with the first game back yeah, I think a lot of Van Bronckhorst's system was all about control, wasn't it? And we were probably a wee bit too safe in possession sometimes. And it's probably why guys like Alex Lowry have struggled to break into the team. So it's really good to hear Michael Beale speaking about these guys. Um, it looks like he, he's really enjoying working with them because obviously he's probably not really worked with Alex Lowry. He was probably still in the B team, maybe in and out of the first team training sessions. And of course, he didn't recruit Malik Tillman. So he's really enjoying working with these guys. Kyle, what do you think, you know, especially those three players, can you see any of them really grabbing this opportunity and really see putting themselves in this first team week in, week out and, and really grabbing that kind of creative aspect of this Rangers team? Yeah, 100%. I mean, that that's 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 the nail on the head right there. I, I think if you are a creative player, you will absolutely thrive in a system like this. It's been no coincidence that that Tillman scored twice against Leverkusen, and that is the one player that Beal has singled out in multiple press conferences. He singled him out again, and well, how how are you not going to single a guy that scored two goals um, in, in a press a post match presser as well? So, yeah, Lowry is another one who's just uh, I, I, again I cannot wait to see Lowry in that system. We all know what he's capable of. Um, is passing, it, it just that ability to just create chances, that that is ultimately what has been missing for Rangers for the last, what, three, four months is our ability to, to create. And it's all just been a bit, a bit regimented and a, and a bit rigid. Um, and, and again, it's, it's Craig was the one that said that it's, it's taking the shackles off that. I think that's why we're all really looking forward to, to going back to Ibrox um, tomorrow, despite it being... Uh, bullet freezing, but like um, it's it's going to be it's going to be so good. Um, just seeing the team tomorrow, and 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 just hopefully there's a new sort of I don't know lease of life about them, and and I think everybody's just just looking forward to it, and yeah, and hopefully guys like Lowry, like Tillman, will absolutely shine and 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 build system. And at this moment in time, I've 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 no doubt that they will. Yeah, there's a couple of interesting comments here. Actually, one from. Uh, Paul McGarrigley saying, looking at Lowry, he reminds me of Ferguson. Not his style of play, just that he demands the ball, goes forward with his head up and picks a pass. I think that's a really that's a really good point, actually, because you do see that with Alex Lowry. He, he does look brave when he's on the park and he, what you can see he wants the ball. He's always shown for the ball. Um, I think you've seen that the other day. He was willing to drive forward. He's actually the one that, that initiates the uh, the kind of cut and pass. He plays it into Morelos, who flicks it through to, to Arfield to scores. So... Yeah. I think we've definitely seen that from Lowry. He's definitely a confident in possession. That's a really good point from Paul, actually. Another comment here from Scott Mitchell. Um, I'll, I'll leave this one with you, Kyle, because we, Tavernier did speak about this today as as Scott's brought up. You know, I expect a return to form from Tavernier as well. He spoke about it at the press, how he'll be more attacking. Now, that's an interesting point there and probably shows you maybe that he wasn't enjoying his football under Van Bronckhorst because he was playing that kind of inverted role. And I think everyone felt he was playing that inverted role because he was carrying an injury, right? I think that's why everyone was speculating. Do, do you expect to see Tavernier return to his best now because Michael Beale's back? 
Yeah, a hundred, hundred percent. I mean, again, in the very brief bit of his press conference that I did see, you know, you can see that he's now, he's moving into that transition period where he's now seeing Michael Beale as his manager and, and, and I think he's very excited to, to be working under him. You could, you could, you could just tell, you know, that way he was like, it's a good analogy to use, but it was, it was like a wee boy at Christmas with the anticipation and, and the, incitement, the excitement about playing. Um, the fact that we saw it, we, we already, we've already seen it in, in, against Leverkusen, we, are, that, that ball, we haven't seen that in so long. I, I couldn't believe it when he crossed that ball in, 25 yards out and he's whipping a ball into the box. Um, it's shock horror. You use one of your player's best assets in, in his crossing and, and you get goals from it. It's something I'm really, really looking forward to see because I'm sure we, we all remember the the Europa League run and, and how integral he was to that. And um, yeah, it, it's just I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Tav back to his best. And, and hopefully, I, I still believe that he was hampered by injury um, in the last couple of months. And, and hopefully that he's now had sort of three, four weeks to recover and, and he's back to full fitness. I think to be fair to Giovanni Van Bronckhorst, he wasn't the one that was forcing... James Tavernier to hit the first man every time when he catches <laughs> it across. So I think that's more on James Tavernier than it is to Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. I mean, it's not Giovanni Van Bronckhorst's fault if James Tavernier can't execute across. So that's probably a bit harsh on Gio, but I do I do take the point on and be more attacking, and I'm looking forward to to seeing that more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think I think you can look at both sides, can't you? You can look at the management, maybe not setting the team out in the way that suits the the current set of players, but of course the players have to to take on board that they, they weren't good enough under the previous regime. And I'm sure James Tavernier would hold his hands up for that. And I'm sure all the players would. They just didn't deliver when they when they had to. A few other comments then. We'll round up the kind of the majority of the press conference. Um he was asked today, Michael Beale, what does success look like for you this season? Do you need to win something? He came back and said he just wants to change the feeling around the club. Uh, he feels that the valuation of the players are probably not where they should be right now. Um, and between now and me, he wants to change that. You know, he wants to change the, the whole feel around the club, change the way that we play in the pitch, and, and that will showcase the players more. He also had a few comments about injuries because it's not a Rangers press conference unless the manager's asked about injuries. So um, he came back and uh, he spoke about John Suter and, and, and Tom Lawrence and, and said they'll both be at, back in mid-January. Unfortunately, doesn't sound good again for KMR Roof, said that, he was trying to ease him back in, but they've just decided to pull him out again and they don't want him to break down when he comes back. Craig, we'll come to you in this one. I'm cu- Both actually, John Suter and Tom Lawrence, you know, ca- can they really contribute for Rangers when they come back in mid-January? They- they'll be big boosts, I think, especially when the centre-back crisis we have right now. I know we have guys coming back, but we're still in the middle of that crisis. And Tom Lawrence was really hitting form as he got injured, you know, can these guys be really important for us? Uh, and I word, yes, but I'm going to come back to your comment, your initial comment about um, the question Michael Beale was asked if he needs to win a trophy this year. He kind of dodged it and he kind of took the pressure off himself a wee bit, but absolutely, Michael Beale needs to win a trophy this year. Do you, do you not do you not think he'll know that though? Like, he'll know, he'll know that. He just He's trying to set the, the agenda here of, you know, I understand, I get it, but my focus right now is just to win. Like, surely... He'll know that. No, I get, I get that, and he's going to do everything he can to take the pressure off himself. But he, yeah. without a doubt, needs to win a trophy this year, or, or there's questions being asked already. Um, and I don't think, I don't think anyone should be in any doubt about that. Um, in terms of Tom Lawrence and John Suter, I think Tom Lawrence is 
had a made a great start for us. I think he was he was really important to how we, we were playing. I think he was making a quite a unique impact. If he can have quite a unique impact, I think <laughs> a unique impact. He was having a unique impact on our um, on the way we were playing and our approach and our attacking play as well. And he was he was happy to shoot from outside the box, which was um, which was completely different to anything else we've we've had really. Um, even since he's been injured. So, um, absolutely, Tom Warren's will have a big impact. I think John Suter will have a lesser impact because I think our first-choice pairing in centre, central defence is uh, Connor Goldson and Ben Davies. Um, I think Ben Davies' injury record already since he's been at Rangers suggests that John Suter will get minutes quite regularly um, for us. And I think, um, I guess it's up to him to stay fit as well. I, the, I guess the worst case... Scenario is they're both out injured, but the next worst case scenario is they keep swapping because they're they keep getting wee niggles and you never have a consistent back four. And I think that's that's a concern even when they're back um from from injury. So um I think they will have an impact. Tom Warren's more so. Um John Suter, I guess, is still to still to prove a wee bit for me. Yeah, I think that's fair. What do you think, Kaylin? We'll stick with Tom Lawrence. I think uh, you'll know from the messages we've exchanged, I'm a massive yeah. Tom Lawrence fan. I think when Malik Tillman, everyone was on the Malik Tillman train, I was on the Tom Lawrence train, I could just see this was a guy that maybe doesn't have the same technical ability as, as some of the players on our team, like Ryan Kent, Tillman, Lowry, but he's definitely someone that just has a wee bit of gale, a wee bit of determination that I think we've missed. Um, so how do you feel about Tom Lawrence coming back You know, sooner than expected, really? Yeah, I I don't know if I agree with you on the on the technical ability point there. I, I think he's up there. I think he's got pretty good feet. Um, that we remember, if you remember when he hit the bar against PSV, he showed really really good skill and, and composure for there for that. But for me, uh, he's arguably the player um, that I'm maybe looking forward to seeing most in this Bill system. A guy that can play anywhere in uh, in the front three. You know, he's pretty good with his left foot. Pretty good with his right foot. Um, skillful and, and willing to take a shot on like I, I think he will excel <laughs> in this build system if you were you could not hand pick a better player I think um to, to go in there it's, I think it'll be really interesting to see him you know we started to see some of the relationships that he was building up um before in terms of he was just becoming a wee bit I think his injury was so unlucky I think the partnerships were just starting to you know happen at that point um, and it, and it was just it was a really really bad time to get injured. But in terms of in terms of Lawrence and this Bill system, yeah, the sooner he's back, the better. I I think he will when he's up to fitness. It will be really really difficult to to be putting him out of the team. Yeah, well, Caroline agrees with you. You know, she, she can't wait for for Lawrence to come back as well. I think I seen a comment there from I think it was David Reed. Uh, any news in Hollander? No, there wasn't any news in Hollander <laughs> today, but. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't think anyone knows what's happening with Hollander. You know, he, I'm sure he came out. A twin, so he's probably busy with that. Yeah, yeah. Fair play to him. That's, yeah, that's more important, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah. So no, nothing's maybe, more important than Rangers, Ross. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know. We'll maybe <laughs> see Hollander one day. One day we'll see Hollander again. Um, interesting comment here from from Robert Rennie, though. Lowry's better than Lawrence. That's a big shout. I don't think like, of. Um, Alex Lowry to say that yeah, but we've probably not seen enough of Tom Lawrence to make a, a fair comparison so um, they, 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 they both like to shoot from outside the box so they're both good in yeah. my books What do you think Kyle? Uh, I think in a two years time I will 100% agree with that statement Oh you're going with the potential argument then okay that's fair, that's fair, Craig yeah. doesn't like the potential argument, talk about Leon King potential no interested nah. 
<laughs> so yeah, we'll do we'll do just final finalize things up, you know. Um again, I think Beale said it a few times, just focus on winning games. Uh, he wanted to see the the level that we showed against Aberdeen, and he mentioned being in the stands that day, which I suppose a lot of people have a, an opinion on. Um, a few interesting comments said that, you know, players are chomping a bit for an opportunity. He says we'll only rotate if it adds to the starting eleven, which I thought was a a bit of a strange comment because he spoke about the squad not necessarily having the fitness right now to play that kind of pressing style that he likes. So if he doesn't have the squad fitness to that, then you're probably going to have to rotate. So that's an interesting one. Probably just making sure that players know that they're not going to walk into the team they've got to earn it, which is fair. Um, this is the comment that everyone was talking about today, though. So I'll stick with you on this, Kyle. I'll give you your, your say on this, Craig, as well. He says he wants to play with two strikers. So... The question is, do you want to see him play with two strikers and do you buy it? Do you, do, you, do you really think he means it? Does he actually want to play with two strikers or does he want to play with a, a KMR Roof or a, a Malik Tillman up there? What, what do you think? Yeah, again, this, I genuinely thought parts of his, his uh, press conference today was, was an absolute masterclass. Like just some of the wee teasers that he was chucking out, Michael B. He had, he had everybody... Um, in that press conference on tenor hooks there, but uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be really really good. Um, to, to I'd love to see two strikers up front. I think everybody in, in the stands, maybe Bar Craig, would like to see two strikers up front as well. Um, I, I'm certainly with you. If if there was any two, uh, I just uh, if Cholak can keep scoring the goals that he's been scoring in in, in the sort of first half of the season, I, I would happily keep him there. Who who the other one is, I, I'm not sure. You you would end up. It's not going to be a 4-4-2, is it? I think we can all agree on that. I think that whoever it is will be playing out wide, left or or, or right. Can I see Morelos fitting out on the left? No. Can I see Roof on the left? Yes. I could maybe see Morelos on the right. I could also see Roof on the right as well. Um, but yeah, I'd love to see two strikers up front. If we if we go a couple of goals up tomorrow, um, I, I see no reason why, why we can't chuck Alfie and, and Cholak on just to see how it goes. Yeah, I mean, I've got a wee bit of PTSD with this because <laughs> I always remember when we were struggling for a goal um, under Steven Gerrard with Morelos. He used to always bring Jermaine Defoe on and the two of them just could not play together at all, which was funnily, funnily enough because they were such good friends off the park, yeah. but they just could not play together. Like I always felt that once Gerrard was doing that, it was desperation because from a tactical point of view, it didn't make any sense. Um, and it's it's just not something I'd like to go back to. I'm not convinced Antonio Cholak and Alfredo Morelos can play together. But listen, Michael Beale wants to experiment with things and change things up. We've all been crying out for that for a long time, so we can't really argue with it, and that's fair. Craig, what do you think? Two strikers for you? Um, I think his definition of strikers will be questioned at, at some point. Um, I'm just going to, before we do, I'm going to bring up this comment from Caroline. Said said she really enjoyed the press conference, I think. All three of us have sat through week upon week of Giovanni Van Bronckhorst's press conference with nothing to say and nothing to talk about. Um, so it's, it's refreshing to have um, a bit more detail and a bit more enthusiasm after hearing the manager speak. And I think it'll be the same in his post-match press conferences as well. Um, on the two strikers, I think you'll find that Michael Beale probably lists Kamar Roof as a striker, he'll list Fashion Sakala as a striker, Um he probably Ryan Kent's probably not quite listed as a striker, but it'll, it'll be people like that that can play out wide as well. 
um, that I think will be the striker. I think there's no question that we will see a 4-3-3 consistently played. I think it'll be interesting to see how different this 4-3-3 and how, how, it, how it interacts with each other is different to how it was set up under Steven Gerrard. And I guess that will be when we get to see the real impact what Michael Beale was having as a, as the assistant manager and their first team coach under Steven Gerrard and how much was being um, influenced by other people. So I, th- I think that will be one of the key things to come out of tomorrow night, just how how it actually all comes together on the pitch when you've got a competitive opponent um, who won't be scared to put the boot in and won't be scared to have a bit of a goal either on the counter-attack. Um, but in terms of the two-striker one, I think it will be Kamar Roof um, or Fashion Sakawa that, that does come in. Um, I would be surprised if he put Alfredo Morelos out wide, to be honest. I think it will be either Cholak or Morelos through the middle. Um, and it'll be interesting, like Kyle said at the very start, I don't think Cholak um, did particularly well in the system on Saturday against Leverkusen, but that doesn't mean he's not going to learn it because he, he managed to learn Giovanni Van Bronckhorst's system pretty quickly. So um, it'll be interesting to watch that one. I really do hope Cholak continues to succeed because um, I love the big guy um, and I think... Um, I'm really struggling not to say Tony goals. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, lo- I love the big guy, and I hope he continues to bang in the goals because I think he's um, he's, he's got that real striker instinct that Alfredo Morelos doesn't have and can really, can really dig you out of some holes sometimes. Yeah, if anyone was aware, I'm not a big fan of that Tony goals nickname. It's just uh, I'm not. I can't do it at all. So yeah, thanks for saying it again, Craig. Appreciate that. But <laughs> Amazing, love it. <laughs> Double standards, that's all I'm saying. There's a few comments here. Um, Primetime says, you know, I think at Ibrox against certain teams, he may do it. He'll chop and change depending on the opposition. I think that's exactly what you want from a manager, being able to recognise um, uh, when to change things. Terry Bear says the two strikers will be Cholak and Ken. Kind of goes along with what you were saying there, Craig, in terms of, you know, what Cholak's done for us. I've seen one here. Kale, you're being called out by Robert Benny saying, Roof is done. You know, it's hard to argue with right now, isn't it? It's hard to, to really back up Kamar Roof and say that he's going to be Part of me wonders if Kamar Roof will start tomorrow night. That, that's, that's a bold, keep that for the predicted lineups. That's a bold shout. Keep, keep hold of that. But yeah, there's a few other comments here. AG saying Morelos needs to start. Stu Hennon saying, um, I think I'm over Sakala FC. I've seen a few comments in there for Sakala. I know, he, I know he had a few good games before the break there. So, again, it might be a system that suits Fashion Zicala because we did see him, you know, he, he, he did give a lot of good performances out wide and diving in. But I, I believe when he played in Belgium, he was a central striker. So it might be more used to what he wants to play. Well, so that might be interesting to look at as well. The, the Motherwell game that he scored that hat-trick in, I believe Gerard had him playing more centrally in, in that, that system. So I, I'm... To be honest with you, see, when I, you asked me that question, I totally forgot about Fashion Zakala. Everybody, I, I always forget about Fashion Zakala. He's just, yeah. he's just not a guy that's on my register. But yeah, if if what you're saying there, I, I agree with that. If if he's played more centrally, there could be a bit of hope for him, Ross. Yeah, I totally agree with you. What what we'll do is now we'll we'll have a wee look at the the upcoming game. Obviously, we've previewed a lot of it there, what we want to see, but we'll have a wee chat about Hibs and then we'll talk about what we see from the team, you know, predicted lineups and things. So, coming into this, just to be a bit of background on Hibs, probably important to say, you know, they're eighth in the league. Um, they've lost five out of the last six. So, 
I would imagine they were very happy with the break when it when it came there. We obviously drew it was it two all earlier in the season at Easter Road, and yeah, it was I, I thought probably Rangers done enough that day to win the game, other than than Willie Collum, and I'll be glad to see Willie Collum back. I've really missed him. Um, they will be missing Martin Boyle, which is a big boost for us because he does seem to perform against us. Martin Boyle always seems to save his best performances for us. Craig, we'll stick with you in this one. You know, I think it's fair to say that Hibs aren't in great form going into this, um, but really I always believe that form kind of goes out the window when it comes to other domestic sides. They just raise their level when they play us. Do you, do you think form really matters? Can you just expect Hibs coming tomorrow and just trying to make it as difficult as possible and be as aggressive as possible? I think form sometimes matters, but not immediately after a one-month break. I don't mm. think you can take anyone's form for granted at this moment in time. So I think it'll be really interesting, not only tomorrow night when we take on Hibs, but the subsequent games away to Aberdeen, um, away to Ross County, seeing how we settle back in from a break will be a big thing because obviously we struggled with that notably in the past. So it'll be interesting to see if we can hit the ground running. Obviously, a new manager, you're hoping for that new manager bounce as well. If we can, you're really wanting to to put the pressure on on Celtic because I think we play first for the next three games, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Um, so you really want to continue to, to apply a wee bit of pressure. I'm not confident we can turn over a nine-point deficit, if I'm being honest. But you you want to give yourself the, the chance. And obviously, the old firm game coming up in the 2nd of January is that is that first real chance that we would have to, to cut into that and we don't want to make any mistakes before then. So um I think it's a real a real opportunity for us to start the right way tomorrow. I'm interested to see the new system, how the players approach it, who he starts. I think Glenn Kamara will be one of the first names in the team sheet, um, if I'm honest. And I think it'll be really interesting to see how we get on against what will be a, a tough hib side, although I think Glee Johnson might approach the game a bit different to how you would normally expect Hibs to turn up at Ibrox, which might work in our favour because I think he might be a wee bit more open than we would normally expect him to be. Yeah, well, there's a few comments here. Graham Brown saying uh, Hibs will raise their game probably Hibs off the park, but I think Aberdeen are going to take points off Celtic. That's listen, that's that would be great. That would be great. I'm tend to just focus on us at this point, to be honest. But yeah, there's another comment here from AG. Cup final for Hibs tomorrow. Rangers away the biggest game they'll play all season. It's hard to disagree with things like that, to be honest. And I don't think that's just Hibs. I think most teams will come to Ibrooks and listen, there's a big occasion for them. I'm sure we would all be the same. Kyle, what do you think? I, I always look at Hibs and I always think for the players they have, they always seem to underperform. And I, listen, I'm not, I don't enjoy saying this, but they do have a good few, like good players for the SPFL, you know. Guys like Joe Newell, Kevin Nisbet, who I believe we've been interested in before. Don't say that. Ryan say Porteous. That. <laughs> they do. They do have a good. They get. They have players that have performed well at this level, but they just never seem to to make the next jump. Maybe that comes down to recruitment and things like that. I suppose. You know what? What do you expect from this game tomorrow? Do you expect to see the best of Hibs, or you know, do you expect them to come in? Craig doesn't think that the winter break, um, the form before the winter break matters. Do you agree? Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't believe I'm about to see it, say this, but yes, I agree with Craig that I don't think that, that form before matters a jot at all. Um, I, I, I've no idea, just, you know, you know exactly how Hibs are going to come. I mean, you, you look at that, and I, I hate thinking about it, that last 2-2 game 
and it and it ended up in a bit of a you know hammer thrown match. There was some wild challenges getting thrown in there from from both sides at, at points. Um, yeah, Ryan Porteous is a complete liability. What's what is it? He been sent off twice at Ibrox before just by seeing the red mist. I think. Um, so who knows with him? But yeah, in, in terms of that, it's it's a for me again. I don't really like talking about other teams in Scottish football because I, I, other than those three four players that you've mentioned there, I I don't know an awful lot about Hibs. But yeah, I, I don't know what it is. They 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 had that sort of golden generation a few years ago. We had your Kevin Thompsons and, and players like that coming out of it, and um, but this they just don't seem to to produce that anymore. That that move anymore. It's a mentality thing for me, um, but what to expect from them? It's it's a it's one of Hibs' biggest games of their season. They will want to win. Uh, there is no doubt about that. Um, but I just hope they're absolutely bamboozled by the the one two touches and, and the quickness of our play to to really care what Hibs are doing tomorrow. To be honest, Ross. Yeah, I have to agree. I, th- I don't think I think I've seen a comment. Um, they're saying, I think it's from Teddy Bears actually saying what Hibs do is irrelevant. It's all about what you do. And I, 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 I don't I don't really think like that the majority of the time, but I do think tomorrow is very much like that because it's going to be very new for what we've seen in the last, you know, 18 months, right? So I think for us, it's just important that we see a team that we can buy into again. And I think if a Rangers team performs in the way that they did at the weekend, I know it was a friendly and it was Leverkusen and they weren't at it, but if we can perform to similar levels, I think Rangers will comfortably win this game, especially with yeah the recent form of of Hibs this season. But okay, so what what we'll do now is we'll we'll have a wee chat about what we think the eleven is going to be. We've probably gave away a few things uh, through the podcast, and I, I'm keen to see others in the chat get their predicted lineup in, and we can obviously disagree with it because no one agrees on this. So. We'll start with you, Kyle. Maybe give us your predicted eleven and and maybe why you'd play certain players because there are, there are a few things up for debate in that team. You know, will we see Lundstrom come back in for Jack? Will we see uh, Adam Devine continue at left back? You know, there there are a few things up in the air that that are worth talking about. So, what do you think about the the predicted lineup then? I'll just keep it simple and say I think we're going to see virtually the the exact same team that that started against uh, Leverkusen at the weekend. Um, I think Devine, uh, that'll be a really interesting one. I thought he performed really well, given the fact that he was out of his natural position. I thought he spoke really well after the game as well. Um, I was a bit worried about him when he, when he first came in, I think. The, the guy that sits next to us, Craig, you know, he was, before he came on in the pitch, he was, you know, giving it, saying how good he was. I think he'd worked with him uh, previously under under a, a job that he does and said that he was, he was a real talent to look out for. I, I can't remember what the game it was, but it was, it was terrible. But since then, he's he's, he's really, really come on. It's And and, and you can see him, you can, see, you can tell that he's been coached under that sort of Bill Gerrard mentality. And it's, you know, left side, right side, it doesn't really matter. Like at the end of the day, you're still doing the same thing, but you're just using, <laughs> using your other foot to cross the ball in. Um, the centre-halves, we've already talked about, King, King and Sands. I've already alluded to it. I hope we've got too much of the ball and, and and that we're pressing too much of the time to for them to be bothered. Obviously, Tav it right back, happy with him. Um, I thought that Jack Kamara partnership, or what, what did you call it? Jack Kamara, Ross? Is that Jack Kamara. Jack Kamara, yep. <laughs> it's that was if, bo- if 
Jack can stay fit. That midfield has a has a really really nice balance to it. I think with Jack being the sort of uh, destroyer, I don't want to give him the Lasana Koulibaly um, deal, but you know he was that. That's what that's what we need. You know the, the destroyer, a sort of a bit of a bastard in the team at times. Um, and and yeah, in terms of that Matondo, oh, I've totally forgot about Matondo. I maybe take Matondo out, but I'm not sure who I'd put in, in his place. Um, definitely not Roof, seen as I got slated for that for the comments earlier on. Um, oh, I don't know. I'd, I, I'll go and say it. I, I'll say he might chuck Alfie out in the right, and we might end up seeing Cholak, Alfie, Kent, and, and Tillman. Right. Okay. So give me that. Give me that. Give me your 11. Go on. Give me your 11. McGregor, Devine, King, Sands, Tav. Jack, Kamara, Tillman, Ken, uh, Morelos, and Cholak. Interesting. Interesting. So you've, you're you fully on board with the two strikers then? Yeah. That's it. You're in. Right. Right in the deep end. Okay. Craig, what about you? Um, what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> um, right. <Have> you ever... <laughs> Typical. Typical. Paul, he clearly didn't do his prep work for this podcast, okay? And he's just looked at your comment and he's just turned all over it. <laughs> so I agree with some of that lineup that Paul had there. So Alan McGregor, um, James Tavernier, right back, Connor Goldson alongside, I think Leon King will start alongside Connor Goldson and uh, Adam Devine will be left back. I then think midfield three of Lundstrom, Kamara and Tillman. And then a front three of uh, Kent, Cholak, and I guess this wide right is going to be the question. I would not be surprised to see Scott Wright come in there. Don't say that to me, man. I think he's, he's the most natural right-sided player that we have fit currently. And I think he has the pace and he has the ability to drive at the byline and to drive forward with the ball that I think... Is more advantageous and in slightly more control than Fashion Sakala does it with. So, um, I think I think Scott Wright might well get the nod tomorrow night. Yep, that's fair. There's a the comment from Teddy Bears here. He says Golden won't start; he'll be on the bench. Um, yep, that, that's perfectly viable. Curry Munch's team is McGregor, Tav, Sands, King, Devine, Lundstrom, Jack, Lowry, Kent, Tillman, and. Tony, which I believe is Antonio Cholak, and yeah, maybe Goldson getting sixty minutes. Tillman subbed off for Alfie, two 0 up, three 0 Well, that that's a that's a bold shout there, very much. And I'd love to see that tomorrow. I think um, my team goes along with what you've said there, Craig. I think um, I expect to see Goldson tomorrow. I, I just think this is the time now to to see him. And listen, if he plays, you've got to trust the medical department, the sports science department, that he's prepped to go. I'd understand a lot of people will say right now, you can't trust the medical department at Rangers, but I'd like to think they'll do the due diligence and, and he'll be fine to play. So, yeah, I would go to the same back four as you. Lundstrom, Kamara, Tillman. My front three would be Kent, Matondo and Morelos. I didn't see enough from Cholak um, at the weekend to think that he keeps his place, to be honest. Um, and that's, listen, that's, don't mean to be too harsh there, but, might be able to be coming in and you'll be thinking what players suit me and what players suit my system and I thought Morelos showed a lot more in the second half that he suits a Michael Beal team so listen, we're never going to know, this is going to be really interesting to see for, for his first lineup. What, what do you think on the the Matondo one, Craig? Because obviously Kel spoke about it there 
didn't really know either way. Do you did we see enough at the weekend to think Matondo has a chance of playing this game? Um just on your comment there of when are we going to know, but we will know about seven o'clock tomorrow night. So um <laughs> I mean now, right? Okay. <laughs> so um, part of me I, I I like Matondo at times. I just think he doesn't have enough control over what he knows in his head what he's trying to do, but his body isn't doing what his head wants him to do. And I, th- I think that that's, um, I think that's an issue that he keeps. Well, it's a bit like Fashion Sakala at the same time, isn't it? Like you can, you can tell that he knows what he wants to do, but actually making his legs do what he wants them to do is just almost impossible for him. And I think, I think that's the kind of territory Matondo's in. Matondo's probably a bit better than Sakala at it, but I think Matondo plays better off the left. Um, I think we've seen that in the games that he has played off the left. I think it was, was it St. Johnston Ibrooks, was it Ross County Ibrooks, one of the two, when he played off the left and he had two assists. And I thought he actually looks comfortable out there, whereas on the right, he looks like he's almost trying too hard, which is a bit of a weird situation, I guess, because we spoke about Adam Devine, how he can actually swap quite easily between right back and left back. It doesn't seem that Matondo can do that switch on um, out, out in the wings further up the pitch. So, I can see Matondo playing. I think it's probably between Matondo and Wright, to be honest. I don't think there's any chance Alfredo Morelos starts wide right. Um, but I could see Morelos starting through the middle, going on the performance from the weekend. Yep, and all different teams from, from all of us there. So, yeah, clearly we're all we're all guessing here. Um, okay, so we'll, final, we'll finalise things for the right. Kyle, scoreline. Let's hear it. Do we know who the ref is tomorrow, by the way? Is it, is it it's, Wally Paul? It's, Nick, it's Nick, Nick Walsh. Right, that's fine. That entirely changes my predicted scoreline then. If... Four penalties to Rangers? Is that <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say, I'm sure he was the referee who gave us four penalties. So, yeah, listen. Yeah. Love um, to see that again tomorrow, I'm sure. Look, listen, the, the, the main thing for me, as long as they win, I'm not too bothered about the scoreline. As long as they play exciting football, the fans have got something to be to be proud of and and happy with the way the team's performed because that that's a feeling that that I've certainly not had leaving Ibrooks for a long long time. Um, but if you're going to say I'll say three nil, um, and I'll go with uh, Cholak and Alfie both scoring tomorrow. Nice, like to hear it, Craig. What about yourself? Uh, I'm going with Carolyn here in the comments and going for two 0 but a comfortable two 0 and a one that. We do get to see the, the the style of Rangers play that we want to see from from a Michael Beale team, and I think we'll be quite enthused after tomorrow night when we see the difference between that and the Geo team that we were watching beforehand. Nice. Well, I'm going to go with Stuart Henderson. I'm going to go for three 0 and and we're going to see the first goal under Beale is going to be Ryan Kent. There you go. You'll get the first one. Three 0 comfortable victory. So yeah. Um, that's us for this evening. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Um, we will be back tomorrow for the for the post-match reaction. I'm not sure what time that'll be. Half 10, 11 o'clock at I night. It'll, I'd be, imagine. it'll be me, Ross. It might be me all by myself. So please do watch and comment and give me... Um, I saw you. I saw that face, Kyle. That's a bit harsh. Um, <laughs> it might well be me by myself. So please do come along. Get, share your thoughts on the game, um, share your comments, and we'll um, we'll make sure there's plenty of interaction involved. But probably about 11 o'clock tomorrow night by the time I get home from Ibrooks. Yeah, good. If I'm available, I'll jump on with you so you're not on your own. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, well, of course, we're back tomorrow. 
We've got the Sunday pod at 8pm, I believe. You can find us on all the social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, remember now that the podcast is back in all your, your normal podcast platforms, so you can follow and subscribe to us there. Please consider subscribing to the channel. Uh, please like the video if you can, if you've enjoyed the content. Um, it really helps us out massively. Um, so yeah, all that's left to do is, is thank the guys for joining me tonight. Craig, thanks for joining me on this um, wonderful build-up to this game tomorrow. I appreciate it, Ross. Good to have a game to actually look forward to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's actually good to be on the other side and build up to the game. Uh, I'm usually the the review, and it's usually went terribly. So I, I'm enjoying the kind of incitement about Rangers playing again. So Kyle, thanks very much for joining us. Appreciate it. No bother. It's been a pleasure. I've just enjoyed watching this uh, France Morocco game through Craig's eyes because I can see him watching it in the background. <laughs> I wish I was watching it. To be fair, Ryan, speaking to you too. <laughs> Yeah, listen, I'm glad I'm glad all your attention tonight has been on the pod and, and no external factors. Thanks for that, guys. I appreciate that. But yeah, thanks for everyone for getting involved. It's been really good. And yeah, we'll see you in the next one. Thank you.